Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be here with you today. We're studying the book of Galatians, and we're going to be in chapter 5, one of the most uh, powerful chapters in all the Bible when it comes to uh, uh, keeping the church uh, on course. And uh, very powerful things the Lord, through Paul, wrote to the church in Galatia. And we'll be getting to that here in just a few minutes, but I'm glad you joined us. Uh, Whenever it is, whether you're watching right now and you're live, or you're watching five years from now still waiting on the rapture. Uh, but this is the Word of God, so it has effect, can affect your life for, for the best uh, today, a hundred years from now. But uh, I want to remind everybody who hadn't done it in a while, got a 62-page booklet. You need to get your copy. All God's works are done in truth, derived from Psalms 33:4, that says the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. means He doesn't work outside of truth if you believe the Bible. And uh, you can get your copy, $15 today. Go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Donate there. Tell what the money's for. We'll mail you your copy immediately. And I uh, put together this Through the Years Grace series. I don't really remember. Uh, I think it's 10. 10 CD preaching series, something you won't find on YouTube, something that's from 2012 up to 2015 before we started putting everything on YouTube. Uh, when I used to preach a little harder than I do now. <laughs> and uh, so it's uh, through the years, the Grace Series, something you won't find anywhere else. $25, it'll help us put Bibles into the inmates' hands. It'll help us uh, do what we do here at Crossway Church. And we're excited about everything that we have an opportunity to do that the Lord's called us to do. And you can be a part of all of it just by hitting that donate button. Many people watch. And I encourage, I've been asking the Lord to bless the people with a, with a heart of faithfulness that they would begin to sow into this ministry because they are being blessed through this ministry, encouraged and edified and learning the Word through this ministry. And I just, I've asked the Lord to encourage you to help us do what we do do. And uh, when you sow into good ground, God will bring a harvest in your own life. And this is good ground. You know it's good ground. So this is chapter 5 that we're in today in the book of Galatians. This is session 47 in our teaching. Uh, Let me look back here just for a second since I can. We started Galatians November the 3rd, 2017. Well, here we are, November the 9th, 2018. It took a year for Ephesians, and it looks like it's going to take over a year for Galatians. So, uh, we've only missed two or three Fridays in a year, so uh, we're getting close to a year, but we've probably got uh, 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 two or three months to go. we still got a chapter and a half. So, anyway, I'm glad you're with us, and, and I want to say something about those who do watch us, so you, you, you online live, you have access to make comments, but please don't be trying to preach your own message, and don't be bothering other people. Uh, just let them watch, and let them listen, and don't be trying to preach your own message. Draw attention to yourself during this session. Uh, if, if, if that keeps happening, I'll have to uh, fix it where you Certain individuals can't tune in and can't do that. And you can always go and watch us on the church app, but, you know, some folk just don't know how to listen and, and get the blessing. You know, it's, it's about like, you know, uh, when we stream live, that's an opportunity for you to be a part of the service. Well, I just encourage you, don't do anything from wherever you are that you wouldn't do right here in the service. And folks aren't going to stand up and just start talking and interrupt and try to start preaching another message. And I'm saying this today out of a heart of love because there are other avenues that folks can listen to this at a later time where they don't have an opportunity to interact. And it's okay if you interact, but I don't want you preaching your own message, drawing attention to yourself. If this doesn't pertain to you, you already know it. If it does pertain to you, you know it. So I'm just warning you up front because I always like to warn before I have to take action. And so God bless you. We love you, but that's just the way it's going to be. And uh, so don't forget to go to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and there you can watch all that we do at Crossway Church. It's all uploaded there, everything, worship services, this Galatians teaching, uh, the two 30-minute sessions a week on Romans, and you can find it all there. 
And uh, I'm excited just to have all these avenues to be able to get the Word of God out to the world and all who will hear. And I'm excited about this weekend coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend, November the 17th and 18th, uh, I will be ministering in Wichita Falls, Texas at the Hampton Inn at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., 4217 Kemp Boulevard. It's, we're, we're, uh, going in with a, with a desire, praying about a church in Wichita Falls, Texas. And so, uh, we'll be meeting in that Hampton Inn. If you're anywhere near that area, come and be a part of those two services. Uh, really, it's not going to be a, a typical normal service. We're going in there. Uh, we may have a little praise and worship, but it'll just be with a speaker and, and, and just, uh, whatever, praying together and worshiping together. But mainly it's the focus is teaching the gospel because they need a church there, uh, preaching the gospel. I know they, 104,000 people, they probably think they got 300 churches preaching the gospel. But when we say the gospel, we mean from Genesis to Revelation, tying it to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Without that being done, that's really not what the Lord's looking for. And that's really not what the people need. The people need the Word of God in its righteous context, which is Jesus and Him crucified, so they can be blessed. So, one last thing, don't forget to go and donate on the website, be a blessing, because you are surely being blessed through this ministry. Galatians chapter 6, I believe, is where we left off last week. But before we, uh, uh, 5, okay, so if we left off in verse 5, uh, then I want to back up to verse 4, and I, and I don't want to stay here too long, but uh, we can't talk enough about verse 4. Because it's not being talked about hardly at all. In the body of Christ, you hear Christians all the time saying that the Lord will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. But the letter uh, to the Galatian church is a, is an, a, 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 it's an illumination that God wants his people to have. Uh, that they can understand he may never leave us, forsake us, but we can leave and forsake his benefits toward us. We can remove ourselves from him, Galatians 1 and 6. And verse 4 says, and here in chapter 5, Galatians, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Now, I know uh, until this is understood the way it should be understood, you'll still have ministers saying that Christ can do very little uh, out of one side of their mouth if they don't know that their faith has to be in the cross. And while the other side, they'll be saying, uh, you know, your faith has to be in the cross alone because that's the perimeters within Christ with which which within is blah, 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 I'm country. you got to have your faith in the cross. They'll say that over here and then turn right around sitting in the same chair and say Christ can do very little. Listen, my Bible says Christ becomes of absolutely no effect. It got way too quiet in here. That was a big amen. When I say my Bible says, that calls for an amen. I don't care who men are. I don't care what men say. The Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, through Paul, was written to you and me that if we move our faith from the cross to anything we do, Christ is of no effect. That means our praying has no effect. That means nothing Christ is no longer working in and through us by His Spirit. That's what that means. You've got to understand that. So when folks say, he, well, God, He can do very little, well, you can't really put God in a box. We can't put God in a box, but God has limited Himself through which the avenue which He works. Romans 8, 2 tells us that for the law of the Spirit. The Spirit of God has a law that He works within. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. That means faith in what He did at Calvary has made me free from the law of sin and death. And where did that happen? At Calvary. So you don't hear this talked about enough. You don't hardly ever hear it talked about. And most of the time when you do hear it talked about, like I said, it's, it's something over here and at the same time something over here. If you move your faith from the cross, Christ has no effect in your life at all. And he goes on to say, 
Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Now listen, they're already justified by faith. The people being told this are justified already and as justified as they will ever be. But if they go back into trusting law, and law is not the Ten Commandments only. Law is anything I think I have to do. Read the purpose driven, the government of twelve, the the words, anything, my prayer can become a law. If my faith is in my prayer, my faith is in my giving, anything, anything I'm doing, if that's what my faith is in, I'm in trouble. And he goes on to finish this verse, says, you're fallen from grace. Now, that proves they already are just. They've already received of, of the grace of God. They've been under the grace of God. But you can also fall from the grace of God. See, it works together. If I move my faith from the cross, I fall from the only avenue. I remove myself from the only avenue through which grace comes. You can ask for grace. You can pray for grace. You can beg for grace. You can know you need grace. You can want grace. But if your faith is not in the cross, you can cry for days and years, but you're not getting grace. You're not getting it. You can want it. You can start giving money. You can start praying 24-7. You can start reading Bibles, handing out Bibles. But if your faith is not in the cross, there is no effect from Christ. You can't separate, according to this Bible that we have, grace from Christ's death. You can't do it. If your faith is not in the cross of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, you can't have grace. And, and we've recently heard people say that, well, my faith is not in the cross of Christ. My faith is in Christ at the right hand of the Father. That's not what the Bible has told us. That is the power of God. The power of God is the preaching of the cross, not Christ at the right hand of God. Christ at the right hand of the Father didn't save you, didn't defeat the devil. What he did at Calvary saved you, justified you, freed you from sin. Amen. The object of faith has to be the cross. And, we, we, and that is magnified in the book of Galatians. It's magnified. He goes on to say here, and I hope you've gotten a little bit more grounded in what I just said. And I'll say this before we move on. You can't separate grace from Christ and his work at Calvary. If you preach Christ, but you don't preach the cross, you preach another Christ, another Jesus. Without preaching Christ and Him crucified, you're preaching another Jesus. Your faith is in another Jesus, and you can't have grace. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people, most people today, they think if they cry, they'll have a move of God, and God will give them grace. And listen... Uh, these folks that talk out of both sides of their mouth, the reason they do that is because they're still holding to feelings and emotions. They just will not admit that that was not a move of God. That was just my emotions. That was just my feelings. And listen, Esau cried with tears, begging for, the, for the, what he had lost. But even though he sought repentance with tears, he couldn't find it. He couldn't get it. Because he wasn't willing to believe in what he should believe in. Amen. So, th this can't be taught enough. It can't be taught enough. The Christian, and if you teach it like you should, then a lot of people are going to get up and leave your church because they live by feelings. They live by emotions. And until they're willing to say, okay, there's nothing wrong with feelings. There's nothing wrong with emotions. But if my faith was not in the cross when I was having what I call that stuff, then I've got to admit that was not God. I get tired of hearing these folks say, well, you can still have this and you can still do this. No, you ain't getting nothing from Christ if your faith is not in the cross. Amen, right. Nothing. The Bible says it. Yeah, but God's merciful and God's gracious. Yes, but all that only flows through Christ and the grace He offers by through faith in His sacrifice. You can't see that those things sound good coming out the lips, but I've got a Bible. And my Bible is more precious. I've got a more sure word of prophecy than any voice that could thunder from heaven or what I think or you think. I've got a Bible. And I have to stick with the Bible. 
He says in verse 5, For we, through the Spirit, wait. We're waiting for the hope of righteousness by faith. We discussed this a little bit last week, that we are waiting for the hope of righteousness, a guarantee we have that we already have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we're going to soon and very soon receive the, the, the completeness of this. A new body, everything brand new, and the fullness of this righteousness Christ provided at Calvary. It's coming soon, but we're waiting for it, and it's the hope of righteousness by faith. We're not working our way in. It, the only I've said it before over the last couple of months, the only place you can work your way into is hell. You can't work your way into heaven. One work or a million works can't get you into heaven. There's one work, and that's the work of Christ. He did it for us at Calvary. Amen. So, verse 6 says, Because in Jesus Christ, that means where you are as a Christian, in Him, through your faith in His sacrifice. Let me explain that. Romans 6, 3 bears it out. Don't you know that as many of us that have been baptized, immersed into Christ, have been baptized into his death? That's where the Lord took you in his plan of redemption. When he saw your faith, that's how you were placed into Christ. By the grace offered there through your faith in that, and, and the Holy Spirit immersed you into Christ while he was on the cross. That's the way God saw it. He, God saw His Son dying for you and His identification for you so great for all of humanity that He saw your faith, and when He saw your faith, He saw you being crucified with Christ. Just like when Adam sinned, God saw all of humanity now as sinful and sinners. Way back in the garden, God saw all the billions and billions of people that would ever live, and He saw us all as sinners. But at the same time, from before the foundation of the world, God looked into His Son and what He would do. And Ephesians 1, 4 says, He chose us in Him. In Him is where we were chosen because of our faith in what He would do for us. That's powerful. That is powerful. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. We quote this scripture here at Crossway Church all the time, because what makes our faith legitimate is love, and not our love for God, His love for us. That's what makes faith legitimate, because before it was our faith, it was His faith. Paul said we live right now in this flesh, this bent flesh, by the faith of the Son of God. Not something you got all on your own. No. This faith we live by is the faith of the Son of God who loved us, and gave himself for us. That love, that faith, that grace by which he tasted death, all of that, and we'll be talking about that here at Crossway Church very soon, everything the cross manifests can be a manifestation in you and through you, and will be if your faith is in the sacrifice. That's powerful. But if you if you go back, and like I'm doing right now, I'm also teaching the book of Romans, and we're in chapter 4 every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30, live on Facebook now. Uh, and then it goes to my YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. But Paul is dealing with the Roman church about uh, Abraham and David and how the righteousness of God comes by uh, the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Let's turn back to Romans. I like to do it. Romans chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Now, and we've talked about this before, but don't go get you a new translation because you think that ought to say by, by faith in Jesus Christ because that's not what that's supposed to say. It's supposed to say by faith of Jesus Christ. It's him dying, his, his, the, the Bible says in Hebrews 2, 9 that he tasted death by the grace of God for all men. But it was by faith he did that. He lived by grace through faith. And it's that faith 
you get if that's where your faith is. Amen. Because it goes on to talk about us right after this. Watch this. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. There we are. We're not in the first part. He is. See, he has to go first. He has to do what we're called to do. He walked by faith. We're called to walk by faith. Amen. His tasting of death by the grace of God is our taste of death that allows us to declare, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the taste we taste of. Amen. He says, Them that believe, for there is no difference. And and, and we're not getting into Romans this morning too, too deep, but in chapter 4, you'll find... Paul is talking about circumcision because you've got these Jews, man, they're still talking about you need to be circumcised, and that really gets us something. And, and, and Paul tells them, look, it ain't about your circumcision. Matter of fact, he specifically talks about the Jews, and he says, not just those who are circumcised, but it's those who walk after the footsteps in that faith Abraham had. It ain't your circumcision, my friend. It, even among you Jews, it ain't about your circumcision. It's about walking in that faith Abraham walked in. And that faith was this. I believe that this God I'm serving is the God that justifies the ungodly. And his faith was in the sacrificial system because that's the only way God's chosen to justify the ungodly. Amen. So here he's telling the church in Galatia because they're all, they're being lied to. They're being pulled out by the government of 12. They're being pulled into purpose driven. They're being pulled into circumcision. Just like we are. We're being pulled. Books are written. We go to the so-called Christian bookstore and all those catchy titles and beautiful covers on the books. For some reason that still does something to us with our faith in the cross. Why? Because our flesh is bent. <laughs> we heard it good this past weekend from Brother Larson. And if you didn't hear that teaching on Saturday morning, I encourage you to go back to the YouTube channel. It's out there and watch it. You will, if you can, if you're willing to, learn something you need to know. But circumcision ain't getting you nothing. Nothing you do is getting you nothing. Bible says y'all just be satisfied with being a servant. You've already been justified. Yes, we do uh, lay up treasures in heaven Yes, we do have the fruit of the Spirit. We will be rewarded. But all the rewards we're going to get are not going to be placards and trophies and medallions for us. They're going to be an acknowledgement that we were, in, we were in submission and allowed the Holy Spirit to work in and through our lives. It ain't going to really be about us. He makes it about us, but it's really all about Him. Without Him, we can do nothing. We can't have faith without Him. And it's that faith that we have. Well, that's good stuff. True faith only works by love or it isn't faith at all. Faith doesn't work because you speak words. That's unbiblical. That's law. And we used to be in that. You know, I remember being over at this man and woman's house and, and uh, he coughed and, and said, Oh, I think I'm coming down with the flu. I've been kind of feeling bad the last couple of days. She said, Oh, don't say that. You're going to get the flu now. You spoke that over your life. And there's, I still hear people saying that even in the cross preaching churches. We still got strings hanging on us. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, oh, you got it now, brother. You're going to be sick. My Lord, if my words are that powerful, I'm, I'm confess, there's going to be a million dollars in my mailbox today, glory. Well, they're that dumb too, and they do that too, but it never is there. Just like they didn't speak sickness into the lives. Yes, words are powerful. You know, life and death in the power of the tongue, the Bible says. But that don't mean what they think it means. That means the t- tongue that speaks the gospel, because the Bible says that's the power reveals the power, and the tongue that refuses to preach the cross is a tongue that speaks death. Amen. Deceitful tongue, we call it. Amen. Where are we? Y'all keep holding me up. Love was manifest in the work of Christ at the cross. We're talking about love for a minute because that is what allows our faith to work. That's what drove Jesus to the cross. The love of God, the love of the Father, He gave His Son because He loved the world. John 3.16. It's that love 
that commanded his son to go. It was that love that obeyed, obeyed the command and he became obedient unto death. And it's not all the things he did as an obedient son before the cross. It's his obedience unto death. Because, because all the stuff before the cross, we weren't placed into Christ before the cross. We were baptized into his death. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit is here telling us that circumcision doesn't do a thing for anyone. It doesn't do a thing. Like water baptism doesn't do a thing for anyone. It's just an outward act, symbolically, of what's already happened. Amen. There are people in the church that actually teach that, uh, and, and it's not that you can't uh, be touched by the Lord as you're walking in obedience in the water tank, baptized, but you can't be saved in the water tank. Not from the water. You can be saved in the water tank standing there if you believe in Christ and that's where you are. But listen... You're not baptized into water. You're baptized into Christ. It's the operation of God. And water baptism represents you being crucified with Christ, placed into his death, going down into the grave, buried with him. And listen, we never thought about this much, but coming up out of the water is by somebody else's hand. Even in water baptism in the church, somebody's raising you up out of the water. Somebody raised you up out the grave. Glory. And that was that hand of God that your faith placed you in the death of Jesus. The body, while he was on the cross, you were buried with him. You were already in him when he went to the grave. And when he was raised up to newness of life, resurrection power came out of the grave. You were already in him. You came out with him. And that's what water baptism represents, something that's already happened. If you're looking for salvation in water baptism, you're still not saved. And even if you did get saved, you are saved, and somebody comes along and tells you that you, you've got to be water baptized to make it to heaven, and you start trusting in that water baptism, and I believe many do, then, then even though you are saved, you were saved, you've gone back under the influence of trusting in something you did. It's what the book of Galatians is about. And it, as long as you think it's your water baptism that justified you, even though you were justified by blood, Christ has now become of no effect to you. How many people, Lord knows only, in my life have I started trying to talk to about the Lord and they tell me they got water baptized years ago in a blah, blah, blah church. They won't talk about the Lord, but they'll talk about, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to heaven. I was water baptized when I was 15 years old. And really, you know, I don't know the depth of what they mean by that, but... According to the Word of God, if that's what they're trusting in, if that's what they believed in initially, they're still not saved. And if that's what they started believing after they were saved, then Christ has been of no effect to them up until right now. As long as they're trusting in anything other than Christ, He's of no effect to them. Because it's only faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary that brings about salvation initially and daily. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned it last week, Romans 4, 2 says, For if Abraham were justified by works, he has that to glory in, but not before God. You remember that last week? And that's what these men do. They glory among themselves in the sight of each other because of their works, you know, they're what they're doing, but not before God. Not only do they not glory, can't glory before God in their works, but, the, but Christ has now become of no effect to them. If we're not glorying in the cross, we're glorying in something else. And if we're not glorying in the cross, then we're not glorying in the sight of God. We're only glorying in the sight of men. And there's a lot of Christians who are truly Christians, but they have never really learned the Word, so they're really living for other people. To influence. They, they go to church, to, and they think that's where they have to put on their Christianity, and, and if it weren't for that, they, I mean, Lord, Lord, don't never move them to Utah, they'll become a Mormon. Don't move them to overseas, they'll become a Muslim. I mean, their, their faith is really just wishy-washy, up and down, they don't really have anything grounded. And that's what the message of the cross is doing for Christians by coming back in the church at this time at the end of the age is grounding us in what we do have 
in Christ, who we are in Christ, and what we're called to do in Him. Amen. And to be determined to boast in nothing but the cross. Because only there can we glory before God. The place faith was manifest for us was at the cross as it was Christ working by love for us and his Father that commanded him to the obedience unto death on the cross. You see, Jesus doesn't say that I was commanded to come and work miracles, although the Father told him to do everything he did. But he was sent to this earth to lay his life down for the sheep. A command, he tells us that in John 10, 17, 18. But, uh, and it's that command unto death that our faith is in, and that's what gets us in. This is why one's faith must be in the sacrifice of Christ, because everything God offers us was manifest there through the faith of Christ. And I have some things written here, and I'm not going to hold up very long. I'm going to run through this so fast you're not going to be able to write it down, but you can listen to it again, or if you do shorthand, God bless you. But I'm not going to stop and hold up so you can get it all. You've got to go back and listen, because, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about this a lot more here at Crossway Church very soon. But I want to just go through this list of some things. I've written down, and this is just a list of some of the things that were manifest at Calvary. Hear me today, that if your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, I didn't say that got you saved 30 years ago, right now, your faith has to be in the cross of Christ, not a tree, not a wooden beam, but the man Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as the Lamb, and what He there provided for you. That's where you, that's the only object of faith you can have. If that's where your faith is, these things that were manifest from there, scripturally I'll give that to you, then will, listen, not might be, will be a manifestation to, in, and through your life. It's no maybe about it. It's a guarantee. If your faith is in the cross, then that these things and many more things that I'm about to read to you scripturally will be to, in, and through your life. Just, it's a given. Kind of quiet in here this morning. I know y'all are gearing up to write. Got a pen in both hands. Righteousness was declared from the cross. Romans 3, 25 and 26. Love was declared from the cross. John 3, 16, 1 John 4, 9, and 10. Redemption was declared from there, the cross. Ephesians 1, 7, Colossians 1, 14. Peace was declared from there. When I say declared, I mean manifest. Well, I, if I would have been at the cross, I wouldn't have seen all that. It, listen, it wouldn't have done you no good to stand there and watch it with your eyes. It wouldn't have done you any good if you'd been close enough to get a little bit of His blood on you. It's by faith. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, listen, more blessed are those who will never see me right now who've not seen me, but will believe. Because it's by faith you get all these things. So, forgiveness was declared from the cross. Ephesians 1.7, Colossians 1.14. Justification was declared. I mean, manifest, offered. These things are manifest, declared from there, and offered to all believers. And experienced, I should add. Justification was at the cross, offered through the cross, manifest at the cross, declared from the cross. Do you have ears to hear is the question. Faith gives you ears to hear. Healing was declared from there. 1 Peter 2, 24. If I didn't give you a scripture for justification, there's more than one, but Romans 5, 9 is one. Wisdom was manifest, offered, and declared from the cross. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 8. Joy was manifest, declared, and offered from the cross. Hebrews 12 and 2. Obedience which is what we'll be talking about a little more here in just a minute, was offered, manifest, and declared from the cross, Philippians 2 and 8. And here's what I want to say. You can't separate faith from obedience. Romans 6, I've got it written here. I'll read it to you. Romans 6, 17 and 18. We know this. Want to be more grounded in it. But for the sake of those who don't know this, listen to me carefully today. You didn't become obedient before God by something you did. 
You became obedient in the eyes of God the moment you believed in Christ, the obedient one, unto death. That's when God said, you're obedient. When you believe the gospel, God said, you've now become obedient. Not when you went to church the next week. That was an obedient act as well. But listen, if I'm going to church, giving money, praying, sowing Bible, all the things I could be doing the Bible says to do, if my faith is not in the cross, God accepts none of it as acts of obedience because it's not by the Spirit of God. It's only by me. To allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through my life, my faith has to be in the cross. Remember, Christ affecting me, He does that by His Spirit. The one he sent to show us of his so he could continue to teach and move and, and perform his work in us by his spirit. So he affects us by his spirit. And we've already understood already in the scriptures here in Galatians that if we move our faith from the cross, he can't affect us. That means the Holy Ghost ain't working. It's just us now. Are we good? Romans six seventeen. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What form of doctrine did I obey? How, when I was a sinner, does God say I became obedient? Well, let's read what that form of doctrine was, and we can understand that by verse 18. Being then made free from sin... You became the servants of righteousness. There's only one thing God's offered to free us from sin and to make us servants of righteousness, and that's what Jesus did at Calvary. There's no other avenue or remit for uh, forgiveness of sins except through the shedding of blood, and that's the blood of Jesus. Amen. So, that form of doctrine was the message of the cross, the gospel. Amen. When you believed it, God said you became obedient. And now, as long as our faith remains in that, the Holy Spirit, now He's able, through our faith in the cross, to keep our eyes open. He's able to show us more of what Jesus has to say. Remember what Jesus told the disciples in John 16, 14, or six, chapter 16, around verse 14. I've got to go away. I've got a lot more to say to you, but you can't bear it right now. But I'm going to send the Spirit of truth. And He's going to come. He's going to take it which He hears of me. He's going to show you of mine. And He's going to glorify me. And the Lord really moved upon my heart yesterday and, and just revealed to me that nobody in the church... No child of God can glorify God unless it's the Holy Spirit glorifying God through us. You can't just glorify God. It has to be the Spirit of God glorifying God in and through you. And He can't do that unless He's showing you of Jesus some of these things I just listed. That's where we look to see the things that Jesus offered at the cross. That's where he became obedient. That's where you became obedient. That's where he tasted by grace. That's where you get grace. That's where he manifests faith completely, even under obedience. That's where your obedience is seen by God. That, those are the things of Jesus and much more. You say, well, you know, uh, we need to teach on healing because people need to be healed. The Bible says we were healed. By his stripes. You see the, the, the urgency, uh, uh, the, the importance of keeping your faith in the sacrifice because it's there God offers grace and by grace God gives everything. But it's only through there that grace is even manifest. And it's only those who have faith in the cross who get saved by grace. What's the old song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, because it's the gospel you heard. And God offered you grace, and when He saw your faith, He moved in, He saved you, placed you into Christ, justified you, gave you eyes to see all that's offered to you daily. When the Bible says, and the church, the modern church has taken this just to make it materially focused, when the Bible says the Lord wants to load you daily with His benefits, He can't do that outside the working of the Spirit who only does it through the revealing of truth to you, showing you that which is of the one who said, I am the truth and what he did to become the truth to you 
He wants to load you daily with the benefits of Calvary. Amen. The church is taking, I just, I just need a better job. And you can have a better job. God will bless you with a better job. But the focus is not the better job. It's a closer walk with Jesus. That's the focus. And we, the church today has lost focus of Jesus. They've lost, most of them don't even want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about inviting somebody to the church who can help us with our financial matters. Mr. Whoever, I won't call their names. Now, I want to read Galatians 2.20 this morning because we're talking about here in chapter 5, verse 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything. Nothing. Nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. And unless... You've been able to be brought back to the cross as your foundational object of faith. There is no other. There is no other. Everything else is works on our hands, not the Holy Spirit. Then it's just law. It's just works. It's just, it's just us surviving, existing, and trying to put a name of God on it somehow. And God sees that only as form with no power. And that's why the people who have come back to the cross, they're leaving these churches because God told them to get up and get out, just like he told Abraham. Where's that at in the Bible, preacher? From such turn away. They have a form. They're calling everything they're doing God. And God is in this. And God gave us this. But it doesn't point to Calvary. So it's killing people. Amen, Brother Curtis. Or, O me, and help me, Lord. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live. Not, Not when I got born again. Paul says, the life which I now live. In the flesh, which is still bent, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can't see the cross is still in the picture. Folk just don't want to bring the cross into everything. But I want to tell you this morning, when Jesus comes back riding on that white horse, his name's going to be written on his thigh, the Word of God. His vesture, he's going to be wrapped in a cloak that's dipped in blood. I want you to know that is a message that the Word of God is still all about the lamb slain. And when you get out of that, you're out of the light. And if you're not in the light, you're not walking with the Lord because we walk in the light as He is in the light. And you might be saying, if you're critical watching us, that, well, the Word of God is the light. Well, Jesus claimed to be the light. Well, let me remind you, Revelation 21, 23 says that the Lamb is the light. Jesus is the light, but only if He's the Lamb to you. And I mean your faith in what he did as the Lamb. And the Word of God can only be the light if your faith is him in him as the Lamb. He's coming back on a white horse as a resurrected king, but he's still reminding us, I am the Lamb that was slain, and yet I live. Hallelujah. He, he, listen. He's still reminding at the very end. He made known the end from the beginning. He's still reminding all these naysayers, I don't want to be focused about the cross. That's where I got in. I'm past that. Now my faith is, oh, you're in trouble because when he comes back riding on that white horse, he's still going to be saying, no, I'm not in the grave. I'm not still hanging on the cross, but I want you to remember the reason I'm coming back on this white horse is to reign because of what I did, and this vesture dipped in blood proves that. The only thing God will point you back to, my friend, is Calvary. He won't point you back to Pentecost. He won't point you back to nothing. But God don't point back to nothing in your life. He don't point back to nothing in the church's life of historical uh, things he's done. He only points back to Calvary. So you need to quit wanting to go back to Pentecost. Just cling to the Lamb and Pentecost will happen. 
God ain't taking you back to some Pentecostal. The, the Pentecost we're looking for is a last days church move of God, Pentecostal move. Not something that happened in the early 1900s. We're going to see something greater now. Quit looking back, reading books about this and that happened. God's going to do greater than that. Mm, but you bet, but you better be clinging to the Lamb because when the move of God happens near you, you'll miss it. You'll miss it because you've gone blind because you allowed your faith to move from the cross to the fads of today. When you do that, you're blind. And if you're blind, you can't see the move of God. The message of the cross is sweeping the church and many are rejecting it. Why? They're blind. They can't see anymore. They keep preaching in the Bible, teaching in the Bible. They keep having jitters and they keep having manifestations. But Christ is of no effect to them. That means that ain't of God. If Christ can't affect us because our faith is not in the cross, then that means everything we're doing is just us. And as I've said many times, you, you there, listen, you can smell a lemon pie and there won't be a lemon pie for 50 miles and your nose ain't that good. You just get feelings and emotions and you, you, all these things happen. If your faith is not in the cross, my friend, you better wake up to reality. And we teach these things because we love you just like Paul did to the church in Galatia. This is to me and you today. If you limit this to a church back then, I promise you, you're going to have big problems. You can't, you can't remove, you can't separate faith and obedience. And where we see that manifest is at the cross. Christ's faith obeyed the command he was given. It resulted at the cross. If a child of God is living by faith, there will be an obedience there to the Word because Jesus is affecting them by His Spirit to walk in the light of His Word. That's the only place He walks. We walk in the light as He is in the... He ain't outside the light. (laughs) You know, I got this... I wish I'd have had it here, but... Uh, I wish I could remember it right now. <laughs> I will get to it sometime. Look at verse 7. Paul is letting them see that they used to do something they're not doing anymore because somebody come along and lied to them. And notice the phrases he gives. He says, you did run well. How many of you know there's a race we were put in? Hebrew, let's look at Hebrews for a minute since this is a Bible study. Hebrews chapter 12. You, you are in a race. You, you were placed in a race the moment you were born again. He placed you in the race. If I can get there. Hebrews 12 verse 2. No, verse 1. Wherefore... What's that next word? Seeing. Faith not in the cross eliminates you from what I'm talking about. Because if your faith is not in the cross, you can't see. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every... Who is us and we? Those who see. Those who have faith in the cross. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Where have we laid aside sins? At the cross. That's the us and the we here. Those who have their faith in the cross. Those who've kept it there. Those who've been able to be brought back when they've been carried away. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Comma. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Those things are spoken in order. He is not seated at the right hand. He would not have been of the Father had he not endured the cross. 
There would have been no uh, seated at the right hand of the Father. There would have been no joy. There would have been no nothing without faith. His faith that took him to the cross. But you and I are in a race. The moment you believed, God says you become obedient, you've been placed in a race. Look at verse 1 again. Let us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. God opens your eyes. Wherefore, seeing, when you got saved, God showed you, and you might not have seen it all the moment you got saved, but He began to reveal to you what the way you're living now is a race you're running. Not against your neighbor, but just to you make it to the finish line. The race is all about crossing a finish line. It ain't all about being seen by everybody running. But if you're running, people are going to be noticing you. But that's not what it's about to you. It's about that finish line. There are no exits in this race. It's only a finish line. The only exit is a lie. So, I wanted to read that with to you, and I wanted us to see that because Paul's telling them, you did run well. This race that was set before you, they're not running anymore. Because what, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Now, notice here, obeying the truth and running the race are equivalent. You can't set that. Here, here's another thing to add to the list. You can't separate obeying the truth, which is faith in the cross. We've already established that in the teaching today. Obeying the truth is not you doing something the Bible says. It's having faith in the one who was obedient and you being now classified by God as obeying the truth. Now, through your faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit, Christ can affect you now by His Spirit in walking in obedience according to the Word. And we've talked about that. But you cannot separate running the race from obeying the truth. And you cannot separate those things from your faith in the cross. That's what this whole letter's about. Come back to the cross. Who hindered you? Who lied to you? Who told you you had to go be circumcised? Didn't, didn't you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the preaching of the gospel? How did the Spirit of God come? How, how did miracles get worked among you? How did you start running this race? Was it because you did something? You went to church, so you started running? You, you were water baptized, or you started running? No, you started running this race the moment you believed. Because obedience is running. Obedience is running the race. Not running from God, running to God. You did run well as a past tense he's pointing to. You did run well. You're not running well. The message of the cross coming into the church like it has over the last 20, 22 years or thereabouts is causing the church to realize, man, I've stopped running. I've got to run this race. And now we're learning how it's done. Not by our works, but by our faith in His work. He's talking about these folks. He's, he's not there preaching to them. He's writing a letter to them. And that's not near as powerful as being there preaching to somebody. I don't think. I mean, if you're being, if you're being, you can be convicted of the Spirit. We are. And it's an old letter. It was fresh then. And I'm sure, but I'm sure just like today, there were people in the church in Galatia who chose to go on with the, with the, with the false message about circumcision. You know, they, by the way, you know, look. Abraham had to get circumcised for a sign. And Paul's the one that preached the gospel to him. Saw him saved. And now he's telling them, circumcision ain't going to do you a thing any good. Only faith. And he teaches it. Man, oh, the book of Romans is so powerful. He, he brings it out how Abraham was justified before God and made righteous before circumcision came. Before the law got here, 400 years or so. Because it's by faith. It's not by any outward thing we do. It's by faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Note here how the Holy Spirit reveals to those who have ears to hear what he is saying, which, by the way, is always truth with the attempt to keep the church in the truth. That's the, that's the purpose. The, you know, you can't run the race. You can't be a witness unto the Lord because you go to church. You can't be a witness unto the Lord unless you're allowing the Holy Spirit to witness to you the things of Christ. 
which were provided at Calvary. You can't go to church and lift your hands and say, I just glorify you, Lord. And that's just where some preachers get talked both sides of the mouth. Because, you know, you can go to church, you can feel the presence of God. Well, a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or a Muslim can come in our church Sunday and feel the presence of God because God is in the midst of the congregation. But all they're feeling is what we've got. They don't have what we've got, but they can get in our midst and feel something. But that don't mean that presence they're feeling can do a thing for them because the Bible says it can't. If they're believing in Mohammed and Buddha and Mary or whatever, the Spirit of God can't do anything but convict of sin for a lost person. Pretty powerful to me. I got a Bible, glory. So running well is equated with having one's faith in the cross alone. Obeying the truth is equated with having one's faith in the cross alone. We've got about four minutes or so. I can't see the right side of those numbers, just the fours there. We've got some reminders, and I don't know what all that is back there. Romans 1, 5. Now, watch this. People talk all kind of things about grace. Well, I'm under grace, and grace, you know, I've heard many a Christian through the years say, well, you know, it's all right if my mouth is foul because God's grace covers all of it. No, let me tell you about grace. Grace is what saved you from sin. It's what will deliver you from sin if you keep your faith in the cross. Because there's the only flow of grace. People that begin to make excuses for a foul mouth or the bottle of what that they're drinking or the this that they're doing, the sinful things that they know are sinful if they're a Christian. If you're a Christian and you don't know some of the things you're involved in are sinful, oh, you got big problems. Because the Holy Spirit shows us what's sinful. And what's not sinful. Amen, Brother Curtis. So I want to show you this. is some scriptures here, about two right here. Uh, it's what really grace being received manifesting. And watch this, Romans 1, 5. By whom we have received grace and our giftings, whatever that might be. Here Paul says an apostleship, specifically for him. For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. We've received grace for obedience to the faith. If you're draw, listen, if, if your faith is true and real, biblical faith, it's in the cross and you're getting grace and grace always causes you to walk in obedience because grace is God at work in you by His Spirit showing you the things of Jesus, revealing to you the things of Jesus. When you're believing them through the way of the cross, He's imparting to you the things of Jesus. Grace actually causes you to be obedient. Okay, let's explain it back in its initial baby form. The moment you were born again, what happened? You were saved by grace. What happened? God said you obeyed the gospel. You received grace... You can't, here's another thing you can't separate. Grace and obedience. The moment you received grace the first time, God says, you've obeyed the gospel. See, obedience comes with grace. Doesn't mean we're sinless. Doesn't mean we're perfect. But it does mean while we're drawing from the grace of God, that means we're walking in obedience. Grace is not something floating around just keeping us till we finally get to heaven. Grace is God at work in my life. And he will work in my life if he finds true faith in the sacrifice of Christ, his work. It's the only work he honors. This is where the church gets confused and all separated. They don't like the messenger of the cross because, bless God, God's blessing what we're doing. And we're not preaching the cross like that. You better get in the book of Galatians, my friend. I'm not one of them preachers who's going to say, well, God can do very, he can do a little, he can do a little. Uh, but, but, you know, no. That's not true. If my faith is not in the cross today, it's in something else, Christ is of no effect to me. And I'm not going to listen to somebody that comes along, even though they got 50 years of Bible education. I've got a Bible, and I'm just a simple guy that believes it. And if they don't understand something, maybe we, we could talk about it. But I can understand verse 4 in chapter 5. 
A little bit. Enough to know that we can fall from grace and be living in a place where we only have a form now, and it ain't Christ affecting us by the power of the Spirit. It's just us going through the motions in form. And the second verse I want to share with you about grace is Romans 16, 25 and 26. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, not some other thing, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, not two separate things, that's one thing, according to the revelation of mystery, still the same thing, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. That does not mean just for your initial declaration of God that you're obedient by faith, but that you will represent him Every day of your life, see, that happens by take up your cross daily through the denial of yourself to be able to follow him, to represent him. Amen. Great class today. I'm excited to be here. An hour is so quick when you're in the Word of God. I hope you got lots of good notes. I hope you're praying about uh, what you're hearing. And I hope you would do more than like it on Facebook, but share it with the whole world. Help us publish the Word of God. Until next week, God bless you. We love you. And stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amen.